Hey, everybody. My name is Jeff, founder of ADHD Christians Men's Group. My name is Becky, and I'm the founder of ADHD Christian Women's Support Group on Facebook. Welcome to our show. Today, we're talking about making friends and how we can make friends when we have ADHD. Before we start, let's pray. Father God, thank you for uh, thank you for this day, Lord. We are so humbled in your presence, Lord, and just pray, God, that we would just be mindful when we speak. What we say and do is to glorify you, Lord. I just pray that the words that flow through us would be from you, God, the inspiration by your power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, and I just pray that the listeners out there would be able to take in when it, about friendships, Lord. The most important friendship is our friendship, relationship with you, Lord Jesus. I just pray that you would just take this time. It would bring us peace in the midst of uh, this recording and that there would be breakthroughs out there and that those listening can relate to me and Becky, God, and know that I'm not alone. Just have this time of recording today, Lord, be about you and glorify you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So I'm really glad we're talking about this. And before I get too far, I just um I just wanna say um I hope the sound is okay. I lost my earbuds. Um, they were actually my husband's earbuds or a placement for mine that I lost. And now I've lost my husband's earbuds that he let me use. So I'm just going off the laptop uh, micro microphone here. So I hope it sounds good to you guys. I'll try to get another replacement and try harder not to lose these. Maybe I need to get bright orange ones. I don't know. So this topic about making friends, I've really learned a lot over the years just by watching other people, by trial and error. It's always been something I need to grow in and learn in. I still am learning how to manage relationships in a healthy way. And I know there's a lot of us that struggle with this. There's some things that we can do to kind of help grow some relationships. Just invite people out, take them out for coffee. I mean, most people aren't gonna say no if it's like, hey, I will buy you coffee, or I will buy you ice cream. You know, having a, a short conversation, coffee, ice cream, it doesn't last that long. So you're not locked in for a really long time. But if they're really enjoying it and they want to talk longer, I mean, you can. Um, or if it's more comfortable in a group of friends, you know, just organizing some activity and, you know, inviting five, 10 ladies, whatever, like, hey, let's all go out for ice cream, bowling or something, you know, a nice activity where you have something to talk about. So it's a little bit easier to get into conversations when you can talk about, oh, whoa, that went in the gutter. That was, <laughs> I don't know. That's how I bowl. <laughs> um, and just keeping in mind that like, I need to talk about half as much as I want to. Something happens, someone says something and something comes to my mind and I want to say it. That happens all the time, especially when I think it's going to be funny. And I really want to say it so that people will laugh. And then the more people laugh around me and are happy around me, the more they will want to be around me. Or I have this idea, oh, this is so interesting. This is an interesting fact about bowling. I know everybody will find this interesting. There's just always something that I want to say. But to just keep in mind, I don't need to say everything that I want to say. Other people have things to say that are worth listening to. 
I just need to practice listening. And there will be opportunities for me to say some things, but I mean, people like to talk. People like to talk about themselves. People like to be asked questions about themselves, asking questions to other people instead of always saying things about me and just listening when they want to talk without interrupting them. Um, that will go a long way to help relationships grow. And people really are interesting. Like if I'll take the time to just listen to someone, listen to their story, listen to what they're, what they're interested in, where they've been in life. Like people really are way more interesting than I assume. Like I see somebody and I just make these assumptions of what they're like, but I, I'm always mm -hmm. way off. So um, just be interested in people. Interested people are interesting people. I've heard that said and I believe it's true. Yes, that definitely is is true, and I'm I'm the same way. Uh, I see how I see somebody, and if, when I do take the time to get to know them, I find out many assumptions that I have made were not correct, and to be open uh, when it comes to uh, getting to know people versus what I think they are, because that's part sometimes that isolation is everyone's boring or. I'm just going to go alone, and it's not the case. It takes time to get to that point, and that's where you got to work on active listening, like Becky's mentioning, and take an interest in other people because it's not always about me. Mm -hmm. And I have to do the same thing about got to pull the reins in because I, I get so excited, and sometimes that excitement, that dopamine rush, I get that off when I'm connecting with somebody, and I just want to talk and talk and talk. And then ends up happening is a situation that I feel like I've talked too long and something you have to work on, be knowing when to cut off when you're talking mm. and be able to ask their opinion about something. Once you'll find it somewhere in your conversation and then ask their opinion on this or that. What's their experience? Ask them questions. Uh, us challenged with ADHD have that inquisitiveness. That's part of how we process and we should incorporate that in conversations. We should be thinking to ourselves, okay, I have somebody who's listening to me. Let me hit pause on myself mm -hmm. and go to asking them a question so that I can engage. And then when I'm listening to them, I'm not going to be able to pick up everything, but I need to pick up one or two points in the conversation that I can, I can convey active listening you know, when, when they're talking and keep the conversation going. And another thing that I try to remember is it's okay to let people talk, even if I don't agree. You know, if they're talking politics and I have my opinions, <laughs> like I can let them talk. I don't have to tell them what I think. I mean, it, it is healthy to have a back and forth conversation, but to just let go of that need. If it's a healthy conversation and it's not a fight, and this person's open to hearing a different point of view, and that's that's healthy to have that kind of conversation. But if this person is very dogmatic, not open to changing their mind, and it's just going to get heated, it's okay. They can just talk. Some people just need to hear themselves talk. I know I do. And that's how I can process. And it's very helpful when I can just talk. And some people are lonely and they don't have someone to talk to. I don't have to disagree. And just staying silent doesn't mean I agree. Even if I strongly disagree with what they're saying, it's okay. <laughs> they don't need to know that. 
And a lot of times when people are talking, like they're talking out of their own story, what they say has more to do with them than it does with me. So sometimes someone is responding to something that I said, and I start to take it as they're correcting me. They are saying I'm stupid because they're disagreeing with me. But I'm just remembering like, oh, wait, hang on. No, they're just giving their perspective and I can have my own perspective and that's fine. We don't have to agree. They might disagree because they've had a different history and they have different goals and different priorities and that's fine. And we can just respond with something like, hmm, I haven't thought of it that way before. Or, huh, you could be right. Hmm. Or, huh, that's interesting. Like we don't have to agree with them. We don't have to disagree either. We can just let it be their opinion or just, you know, hey, I see things differently. This is how I see it. You know, I just have a different perspective. So true, Becky, what you're mentioning, uh, you know, everything uh, about, you know, us listening and not having to agree and thinking of ways to be able to not be confrontational. It doesn't mean agree or disagree. It's just uh, being open-minded to, to, to ideas. And there's two verses that came to mind when I think about that. Matthew eleven fifteen, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. I think, we, I think Jesus listening to him helps us in, in our relationships more practicing that with him then that's something we can uh, make as a practice habit with others. And then uh, about the agreeing or disagreeing, uh, being wise in, in regards to uh, being open-minded. Proverbs 18.2 says, A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only expressing his opinion. Yeah, and I, I find it's easier for me to listen to people when I'm not trying to remember what I really want to say. And sometimes something I really want to say it. It's very important to me to say it. And if I keep trying to remember it, because I'm so afraid I'm going to forget it, it's hard to listen. So I learned this trick years ago when I was a kid and I love it. And it's just do the first letter of what you want to say, the sign language letter. I guess it only works if you know the alphabet and sign language. So if I want to tell them about the dream I had last night, just having the letter D in my hand and holding that letter D in my hand as I'm listening to them. And then when they're done and I look and I have the letter D in my hand, I can remember, oh yeah, the dream. Okay, I had this crazy dream last night. And it's easier to listen when I'm not trying to hold onto this thing in my head that I so badly want to say. And there's lots of other tricks out there that we can learn. Just things like body language, like how we hold our arms. If we have our arms crossed, it is a more defensive kind of position. So if we just tend to do that with our hands crossed like that, we might not be intending to, but other people are just going to pick up on this kind of feeling that we have our defenses up and we're protecting ourselves from them. And maybe we are, <laughs> but to just be aware of how I'm holding my body can be sending messages to people that I don't really want to send. So you want to have our body facing them. I'm just keeping an open body position with our arms down by our side, not in our pockets or behind us, like we're hiding something or not cross, like we're defending ourselves from them. And if we keep our body like kind of angled away from them, it's kind of a message that we're sending. Like, I don't quite trust you. I'm still kind of defending myself against you. So to face the person fully, just have our arms down by our side and 
maintaining eye contact as we're listening. And I, it might be kind of hard to describe just over audio, but I like hard eyes versus soft eyes, like this intense staring versus just this more calmer kind of listening. I think if you look in the mirror, you can kind of see the difference if it's this intense look versus just this calm, you know, your eyebrows are more relaxed, your forehead's more relaxed, your eyes are just more relaxed. And I found too, when talking with people, you don't want to mean unbroken eye contact because that can come across as aggressive. So looking away periodically, looking at them periodically, and these are things, you know, we can just learn just by watching other people, people who just naturally do this so easily, uh, or just watching YouTube videos on it. These are things that I learned from someone else who said these things. And I realized, oh, wow, I cross my arms all the time. And I just assumed it was because I didn't have anything, any other place to put my hands, but I really do have my defenses up. And I think if I just keep an open posture, it can send signals to myself. Hey, stop putting up your walls. Not everybody's trying to hurt me. And some people really are safe and worth letting in. You know, I know this person loves God. I know this person loves people. I can just put my defenses down and let them in because this is going to be a healing relationship for me. And just as I was preparing for this podcast, I just felt over and over like a warning from God for us that not every friendship is worth letting in close and should just be careful. I mean, God cares about our hearts. He doesn't want us hurt. And we just, a lot of us with ADHD, we just have these kind, compassionate, childlike hearts that are just, you know, like you want to trust people. You want to believe the best about people and, and you want to help people feel good. And you just, you want to be a friend to everybody who needs a friend. And you don't want to assume someone is this, narcissist or this evil person that truly enjoys hurting people like we don't want to or at least I don't want to assume anybody is like that I want to give everybody the benefit of the doubt and think oh those people I mean they're just in movies right I mean there couldn't possibly be anybody like that in my life um but just being aware I mean those people really are out there and just you know be aware and just be open to the Holy Spirit if the Holy Spirit is giving you a warning in your heart, like, listen to that. We do have intuition. We do get gut feelings like God made us this way and listen to it. If something just mm -hmm. feels off and this person just does not feel trustworthy, then don't let them in. Um, and that's, that's okay. I mean, Jesus did not let everybody in. You know, some people he did keep at a distance and that's Okay. That's not mean. That's just protecting ourselves. So to just have proper boundaries. And I, I learned so much from the book Changes That Heal. It was so good for me. And the author, Henry Cloud, he's one of the co-authors of the book Boundaries. And he just has this analogy of like having a fence around your property. You know, you got to keep out the the robbers, you know, and but you want to open up the gate and let in your mom, you know, your neighbor. So just knowing who to keep out, who to let in, and then how close to let them in. We don't need to let everybody all the way in deep down. Some people, you just, you want to let them in your yard, not in your house. Some people, you can let them in your house, but don't let them into the, the private areas of your house. You know, you keep them in the living room, <laughs> you know, 
and just keeping in mind, I'm not being rude or mean by pushing some people out. It's like, hey, I don't really want to get together with you every week. Once a month is, oh, we don't need to say that. But um, some people, we just need to get together less often because maybe the relationship causes a lot of anxiety for me. And I don't want to cut them out completely because they need a friend and they're not trying to hurt me. But every time I get together with them, I come away feeling more anxious. So it's like, okay, I need to keep that relationship to maybe a half hour a month or, you know, whatever. And some people I really want to learn from, I really want to be like them. And I want to try to get together with them once a week if I can. Well said, uh, Becky. Boundaries, you know, help us discern with the help of the Holy Spirit. We might do things we would never do or feel worse after being around certain people who are not good for us. A challenge with ADHD are people pleasers by nature. We must be mindful. We will attract narcissists and manipulators. So we especially need to set boundaries and pray God will give us courage to enforce boundaries. I'm just going to go ahead and just mention the verses. You can look good up, guys. Uh, when you have an opportunity, 1 Corinthians 15, 33, 2 Corinthians 6, 14, James 4, 4 are, are some good verses to read up on. You know, it doesn't mean we live in a, in a bubble, isolate ourselves from the world. That's, you know, it's important that we engage in the world, uh, we, you know, to, to be part of the world, but we're not of the world, as Christ has mentioned. Jesus pleased the father and was the best his, it was the best friend. He gave his life for his friends. If he had tried to please everyone, then he would have been able, to, would not have been able to save the world. Ladies, I would love to have you be a part of ADHD Christian Women Support Group, a private Facebook group where we support and encourage each other as we deal with being a Christian woman with ADHD or deal with ADHD in a loved one. If this sounds helpful to you, you can request to join on Facebook or email me and I will send you a link. My name is Becky and you can email me at ADHDChristianWomen, that's women with an E, at gmail.com. Again, that's ADHDChristianWomen at gmail.com to join the private Facebook group called ADHD Christian Women Support Group. And that brings me to what I want to mention is that, you know, assembly is not just corporate worship. It can be in a home place or anywhere where believers together and that assembling, even if it's going out to bowl or to out for coffee, God is going to get somewhere in that conversation. I know that God is going to be involved in that conversation. We're going to talk about God and there's going to be iron sharpening, which brings me to uh, the verse that we all pretty familiar with Hebrews 10, 24, 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Oh yeah, I just like that one in Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes 4, when he says two are better than one. If one falls, the other can lift them up. And he goes over on this other examples of, of how two are better than one and three are better than one. Like Ecclesiastes, Proverbs, they have all kinds of good wisdom for relationships and for life. And definitely in my own life, when, when I fall, 
when I get into a dark place, I mean, having bipolar type two, you know, I get down often and medication helps, but I mean, it doesn't take it away. It doesn't cure it. It just makes it less severe, but to have people that will pray for me, you know, if I was trying to do this alone, it'd be very easy to just isolate and not reach out for help and then just get deeper and darker. Solomon, the wisest man alive, made a point to say, like, we need each other. And two people together can do so much more than two people can do separate. Yes, uh, definitely two uh, and more can do so much more together, united. Because the enemy likes to, I, uh, he likes to divide and just devour us like a roaring lion. Uh, so that's why it's so important that we have each other because uh, we're the body of Christ. So that friendship goes much further than just, okay, you're my buddy or pal, mm-hmm. but brothers and sisters in Christ that are a, a body, we're his body and his spirit speaks through us in fellowship. So that's even a greater connection that we have in, in friendships. Uh, one, of the, one of the best examples that I can recall in the Bible was David and Jonathan. They're a great example of friendship uh, in God's word. Jonathan stood by David's side, even when his dad, Saul, was trying to kill him. You can read about this in 1 Samuel 18 through 20. Uh, a true friend, when everyone else deserted David and was not, when it was not convenient, he was his friend, even when it was not convenient for him mm-hmm. and laid down his own life for his friend because he was taking a chance. His father could have taken his life. But the friendship meant so much to that he was willing to do that. That really sticks out to me. I do agree with what you're saying back about Proverbs. It's a great source in God's word that defines friendships. You know, just a couple of them. Proverbs 18, 24, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times. And is, and is a brother born for adversity. And then this last one, uh, Proverbs 27, 6, faithful are the wounds of a friend, profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Yeah, those are so good. There's just so many good Proverbs. Just listening through that every once in a while to get wisdom for relationships has been so helpful in my life. And I think it's it's important to keep in mind that like not all relationships are going to work out and that's okay and that's normal. I mean, some friendships will come, some friendships will will go, you know, some people move into the area, some people move away, some people just get into a different season of life and you just don't have the same things in common anymore. Like it, that's, that's just normal and that's fine. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with us or there's anything wrong with them. We can't really hold on to any one person too tightly. And I think that will damage a relationship when we hold on so tight, like, you can't leave me. You have to stay and make me feel okay. I think I probably did this with my husband at the beginning. I would always just want a husband to make me feel okay, to make me feel loved. And even when, you know, I go out in the world and then I feel rejected, I can always go home and know that person loves me no matter what. And I didn't realize that the man I was looking for was Jesus. I didn't realize it until I really came up with a list. And then I realized, oh, that's God. (laughs) (laughs) Like someone 
who knows me, someone who will always listen, someone who will love me no matter what and all these things. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm asking my husband to be God. Like, okay, that's really unrealistic and unfair. Once I realized that I already had those needs met in God, that he was already that person that would never leave me. Even when every person on earth left me, God was always there and he was going to hold me, comfort me. I could just let go of my husband and the relationship got happier after that because I wasn't asking him to fill God's shoes. I didn't have this tight grip of like, you have to make me feel okay because I'm not okay. And I think when we put people in God's place, I mean, that's idolatry and that will just ruin Mm. any kind of relationship, marriage, children, friends, work. I mean, really anything. And I think when we have that healthy relationship with God, it does make it easier to make friends because we're going into relationships in a much healthier place and we're going to be more like Jesus in our friendships, which makes you a better friend. I mean, Jesus was absolutely the best friend. Jesus is always a good example for how to live life and how to have relationships. And when I heard this verse, um, I'm not going to say it cured me of people pleasing, but it really helped me see it in another light. And Jesus says, woe to you when all people speak well of you. For so their fathers did to the false prophets. And it was like, oh, wow, this thing I'm trying to do, make everybody my friend. If I actually achieve that goal, (laughs) I need to like, beware and be scared. Like, oh my goodness, everybody is speaking well of me. Oh, wow. I'm doing something terribly wrong here. If you're going to be somebody who isn't just pleasing everyone and just living your life by how everybody else wants you to do things. If you're actually following Jesus, there's going to be people that don't like you. Um, But there's going to be people that really are drawn to you and really want to be with you because that's how Jesus was. I mean, people loved him. People wanted to be with him because they saw something, you know, they were drawn to God and they could see God in him. So if everybody's our enemy or if everybody's our friend, we're doing something wrong. There should be both. There should be people drawn to us because they see Jesus in us. There's going to be people who don't want to be around us because we're like Jesus. And then we know we're in the happy medium there. And I heard this funny saying over the summer that I kind of changed a little bit to be my own, but it says, I might not be everybody's cup of tea, but I can be some people's shot of espresso. So just remembering like, not everybody's going to like us and that's okay. Not everybody who we try to make friends with are going to end up wanting to be our friend and that's okay. I mean, there's other people out there and there's so many people in the world and there's going to be some people that like me. And then also, you know, the golden rule, like, do to others what you want them to do for you. Like, what kind of friend am I looking for? What kind of friend do I want to have? Oh, that's the kind of friend that I ought to be. So I want someone who's going to love me, someone who's not going to manipulate me. And I want to be, I want to be a safe person for people, for people to be around because I want safe people to be around. I want to be able to talk to someone and know that They're not going to use it against me. They're not going to be telling other people these things about me. And love is the goal. And it's something that's just repeatedly throughout the Bible. We love God and just receiving his love and knowing his love and feeling his love. Like that's the foundation. And we can love ourselves and love other people. And we can love other people the way that God loves us. The more that we 
understand God's love and feel his love and just receive it. It's easier to give that freely because I don't have this scarcity mindset where I need to, where I need to hold on to every bit of love and attention and praise that I can get. Um, when there's this, this idea of plenty, like there's more than enough for all of us. Like there's more than enough, enough love for everybody. I can love freely and I don't need to expect anything in return. Like I don't need to love somebody with the idea of, okay, now they're going to pay me back. And if they don't, well, then they're out. I'm moving on to the next person. When we're receiving love from God and we can be that person that loves others, the kind of person that people want to be around because everybody needs to be loved. Everybody is looking for love. And I mean, we all need more loving people in our lives. So I want to be that person and just having that open grasp, like, like not holding on to people too tightly, but when I know that God always loves me, I can love freely. And if a person, I show them love, you know, I help them out and then they kind of disappear. Like, that's not going to destroy me. It's not going to crush me. Like what I did all this for them. And they never, you know, they never helped me when I needed it. And, you know, I can let people go and I can trust new people. This next person comes in and I'm not going to make them pay for everything the last person did. I can just give them a chance without being like, I'm never trusting again. I'm never letting another person in again because that last person hurt me. You know, we have that security from God. We are a better person. We are a safer person to be around. And we can wait for a safe friend to come along. We don't need to make friends with the first person that comes along because we don't desperately need that love. We can be patient and wait for a safe friend that we can let in closer. That's all time we have to today. I uh, just want to leave you with this verse, First John 4, 16. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and wh whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. Becky, would you like to go ahead and pray for us to close the show? Yes, I would. Father, you know where each of us are at in our lives. You see all the people that are, that are around us and you know who will be a healthy relationship in our life that will um, help bring healing in our hearts. You know, the kinds of people who are not safe. And I just pray you give us eyes to see, give us wisdom, help us to be sensitive to your spirit's leading. We know you love us and we know you care about our hearts. And we know that relationships and living in community is important to you. So I just pray that you help us, help us to let the good people in farther, the good people that, that love you and love us, help us to see that they're safe and let them in deeper and to share with them um, the deep things, the deep hurts, uh, the areas of our life that need healing. And I just pray you help us to be that person for other people, help us to become safe loving people that other people can come to for healing because we all have wounds. We all have wounds that need healing. Um, and I just pray you protect us from people that will just hurt us and bring us to, um, to a dark place, help us to recognize those people and give us the bravery to just say no, to put up those boundaries, to not let them in, but to still be kind. Just help us navigate life, Lord, and help us to live and wisdom and with love. I just thank you 
for everybody listening. And I thank you for Jeff and, um, and for this podcast that you've given us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, everybody. Uh, hope that you uh, enjoyed listening to our podcast. Until next time, God bless. Bye. Thank you for listening and thank you for your patience where we didn't have a recording for a while. We just need to take a break for the summer so that I wasn't overwhelmed with having all the kids home. Jeff and I, we haven't given up on doing this podcast. And as long as God enables us to keep it going, we will keep doing this. Um, it may not be every month on the dot because we do have ADHD and it can be quite a challenge sometimes. So we appreciate your patience with us as we as we take the time we need to do this right. Listen to God's leading as we select the topics and what to say. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you later. We hope you're encouraged by today's episode. What are your thoughts? Do you agree? Disagree? Did we leave something out? Let us know. You can send your comments and suggestions for future episodes to ADHDOvercomers at gmail.com.